Hi, I'm Marcy Brockman. Many of you know me. I'm a podcaster, author, quirky artist, and I've been a high school English teacher for more than 25 years. I have been through a lot of stuff. Emotional abuse, my mother's mental illnesses and her opiate addiction, divorce as a child and as a parent, co-parenting after divorce, court battles, dating in my 20s and the very different animal of dating in my 40s, illnesses, finding love again, remarriage, step-parenting, blending families, you name it. I figured some stuff out by doing the hard work on myself, by doing extensive research and through 30 years of therapy. I'm here to answer your questions, to help you on your own healing journey. And you can follow along on these special Ask Me Anything episodes on my Permission to Heal podcast. Ask me anything you want, and I'll do my best to help. Just DM me your questions on Instagram at MarcyBrockman27. The Permission to Heal podcast is sponsored by Instacart. If you're anything like me, no matter how you try to schedule your life, you're always super busy. And when it comes to doing errands and grocery shopping, we need a little help. Instacart is here to help us get our essentials delivered in as fast as an hour. It is amazing. With Instacart, you can do all your shopping online at your favorite local stores, grocery stores, pharmacies, Target, Costco, Staples, Sephora, Bed Bath & Beyond, 7-Eleven, even some liquor stores, and an Instacart shopper will shop for you. All of my Instacart shoppers have been super helpful in choosing my items. If the store is out of what I've asked for, the shopper will text me pictures of similar items for me to choose from and will change my bill to reflect the changes. Then the shopper delivers my items directly to my door. And you can choose contactless delivery, which helps keep everyone healthy and safe. I rely on Instacart for grocery shopping every week and sometimes for even my non-prescription drugstore items. Instacart is like having a personal assistant help me with my shopping every week. Get your groceries and essentials delivered in as fast as an hour via Instacart. New customers can get free delivery on your first order of $10 or more. Just click the link below, which will take you directly to instacart.com so you too can get the help you need. Just click the link below and you can get your groceries and essentials delivered in as fast as an hour via Instacart. New customers can get free delivery on your first order of $10 or more. Instacart.com, your personal and quick shopping assistant. You won't know how you lived without it. Permission to Heal is sponsored by Amazon. Do you like a personal breeze? People are always coming up to me when I have my cell phone fan on and I have this lovely little breeze, keeps my face cool, helps combat hot flashes, Um, makes very little noise, and I have my own little personal breeze. I get these fans, tiny little fans. They don't weigh anything. They come in multiple colors. Each one has dual connectors for an Android phone, an Apple phone. snaps into the bottom of your phone, and voila! does not eat up a lot of the battery juice, but it keeps you cool. These fans save my life. I hot flash all the time and it's just enough to keep the cool air moving around my face and circumvents the hot flash so I don't get drenched. They are amazing. 
total makeup savers, their face savers, their hairdo savers. You know, I sweat under my bangs and then everything gets soaking wet. These fans are amazing. I buy them on Amazon. You get six to a bundle. They're inexpensive ways to keep yourself cool. And when you're wearing a mask, it keeps the air around the mask and in the mask a little cooler. So you're not as hot and claustrophobic and so on. Tap on the link below, take your right to Amazon. You can pick up a set yourself. Stay cool, everyone. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the second bonus Ask Marcy Anything episode of the Permission to Heal podcast. I have several questions today that people have asked by DMing me through Instagram at MarcyBrockman27. And I would like to share their questions and my answers with you all. So let's just get to it, right? Please remember that I'm answering these questions as a person who's been through a lot of crap in her life and that I've learned from my experiences. I've done a ton of research, a lot of reading, a lot of talking. I've been in therapy myself for most of my adult life, and I've learned a lot about healing myself, about life in general. I'm also a, a public school teacher. I've been teaching for 27 years, and I have had lots of relationships with people you know, in my own life and through my professional experiences. So I'm answering these questions based on all of that, not because I'm a mental health professional. I am not a licensed mental health professional. So my my advice always is to seek professional assistance and therapy, etc. Because it's immeasurably helpful in ways that you could never predict. So the first question is from Gwendolyn from Connecticut, and she says, I want to get back with my ex-boyfriend, but we broke up and he moved and seems to be happy in his current relationship. This was kind of weird for me because I've never been the jealous type, but my ex treats his current girlfriend better than he ever treated me, and it's making me miss him more. Am I selfish for desiring him? And why do I feel bad looking back at our relationship? Well, Gwendolyn, this is tough. You know, relationships end for all sorts of reasons. And who you might have been when you were in that relationship with your ex-boyfriend is different than the person you likely are now. And you've grown. And he's probably grown as well, or at least has changed in some way. And so if he's happy with where he is and the relationship he's in, I think you need to figure out how to try to wish him well, even from afar, how to wish him health and good luck and love and move on yourself and find something that actually meets your needs now. Maybe what you're remembering from that relationship is being colored by your own loneliness or your own longing for what you think he has with this new girl. And if your relationship with him had been meant to be, then it would have lasted, but it didn't. So you're not selfish for having feelings of longing or feelings for wanting him back. Feelings are feelings, and we're meant to feel our feelings and feel them. I mean, sounds like double talk, but that's what feelings are. We're meant to feel them. Um, but you should acknowledge it to yourself. Write about it. Journal about it. Talk to your therapist or your best friend about it. Voice record into your phone about it. Zoom record yourself talking about it. Get get out those feelings. Think, process them. Think about how it all feels and, and then put it away somewhere and do your best to find something in your life, find someone in your life that actually serves you. My advice towards that end about finding new love 
really has to do with more and finding how to love yourself in a more authentic, deep way. And my recommendation to people who are looking for romantic relationships in their lives is to date yourself. Do things that Gwendolyn likes to do. Take yourself out. Go see uh, a movie. Go see a show. Go, you know, COVID restrictions do apply. Go to restaurants. Read the books that you want. Go to the beach. Whatever it is that Gwendolyn likes to do, Gwendolyn should do. And in the process of learning to love yourself more deeply and more authentically, and in doing the things that you like to do, you will probably organically meet somebody who likes those things too. And then, of course, there's the whole online thing. And we could have a whole other show about online dating. I did it for almost 10 years. And the advice I have for that is be as honest as possible and maintain your strict and healthy boundaries for your own comfort and physical and mental health. And don't ever let loneliness or desperation or longing for companionship change the way you interact with people. It's the best I can do right now, Gwendolyn. I hope that this helps. The second question I have today is from Juan from Texas. Juan says he's 21 and works three jobs to help support his family. He loves his family, but he feels like he's ruining his life supporting them. Is it selfish for him to want to work more for himself? Well, I I don't have a lot of information here. I get that you're working three jobs to support your family. I don't know what the rest of your family financial situation is or, you know, why you're working three jobs to support them, but you're only 21. And to want more for yourself, for your life is not selfish, as far as I can tell. You're not born to support them, at least culturally in North America. This is generally what we believe. Other societies, other cultures who have longstanding extended families that all live together and cohabitate and have interdependent relationships might feel differently. But in 2021 in North America, it is not wrong to be 21 years old and want a little something for yourself, to want to experience your own life. So you know, assuming that they can support themselves and that there is a financial way for you to get out of your working three jobs to support them, you know, I would I would recommend that you explore that and having some true and honest and open and vulnerable conversations with your family will probably help you figure out how to do that. You know, you can lay it out on the table for them and explain that you want a little something for yourself. Now, whether this means going away to college, whether it means getting, keeping some more of your money for yourself, maybe maybe it means only working two jobs instead of three and having more time for yourself. Maybe you need more social life. Maybe you need more time to just be you and figure out who Juan is. And I don't know what extra time that you want what that looks like for you and for your circumstances. So it's hard for me to be really specific here. But having some good, honest, vulnerable, open conversations with the with your family is probably a really good place to start. I have a close family friend who is about 26 years old, and she's been primarily supporting her disabled mom who lives with 
her aunt. And I think now they all live with her grandmother and she wants to go away to college and can't figure out or couldn't, I should say, figure out how to do that without feeling selfish, without feeling like she was going to be ruining everyone else's life. And slowly but surely, through conversation, open, frank, vulnerable conversations with her mother, she figured out a way to extricate herself from supporting her mom. And I mean, she has an older sister who who extricated herself and has her own family and lives separately. So it had to be possible for my family friend. And she's away at school now and is studying what she wants about seven hour drive away from where her mom and the rest of her family live. And she's learning how to be independent and build something for herself. And I think from the outside, it looks like her family dynamic with her mom and so on are fine. But, you know, I don't know the intricacies of of all of that. So good luck to you, Juan. I, I don't think that you're wrong for wanting what you want. Based on the information that I have, I I think that, you know, frank and open conversations should be the place to begin. And as always, I recommend seeking a mental health professional to help you wade through some of the emotionality of that. Okay, the third question is a heavy one. This is from Beth from Cortland. And Beth says, I'm a victim of abuse, both physically and sexually from my mother. And I know it's different from your experience, but I'm not ready to forgive her. How do I start? Well, Beth, I applaud you for wanting to explore this. And being an abuse victim, physically, sexually, emotionally, is very hard to forgive. Now, you you may find some measure of peace with it within yourself and be able to move on, but it doesn't necessarily mean that forgiveness has to include her. You can forgive her in your own heart and not talk to her or not have a relationship with her. Yes, it may be somewhat different from my own experience, but I have a very close family friend who was sexually abused by her father, and she's never confronted him about it. She never reported it. She never said anything to anyone about it except to me. And I think her, well, I definitely know her therapist and her psychiatrist, and, and she's just not ready to confront her mother about it. And I'm not sure she ever will be. And and I don't know if it's even necessary to my my first my first point really is to make sure that you are physically and emotionally safe, that you are not still living with her, that you have some physical distance and emotional and physical boundaries between you and that you're not re-victimizing or re-traumatizing yourself over and over again by being with her. And you have to figure out through, I would say, some very deep conversations with a mental health professional, somebody who is trained in helping people get over these things, or at least figure out how to get past them. I'm not sure you're ever going to get over it and find a place where you can talk about it with a therapist and and move on and heal a bit. Um, if you continue a relationship with her, I think you're just going to be continually ripping the scab off the wound as it tries to heal. So I I don't know 
how to advise you about doing that because I wasn't able to do that with my own mom. When I finally was able to confront her about the over 40 years of abuse, the only thing that I could do for myself and my kids was end the relationship. You know, I gave her a choice. You can either have us in your life or you can keep doing drugs, but you can't have both. I mean, my mom was a different issue. She was an undiagnosed bipolar and lots of personality, mental illness issues, and she was an opiate drug addict. So that's a specific animal. But I would also start by doing some of your own house cleaning and learning to forgive yourself from being victimized is important. Learning how to eventually see yourself as not as a victim, but as a survivor, as a thriver, as somebody who has gone through something horrific, but has been resilient and is stubborn enough to live through it and thrive through it is extremely important. And again, make sure that you're physically safe and emotionally safe and forgiveness isn't a requirement, but doing so within your own heart doesn't make the perpetrator, in this case, your mom's life any different, but it can ultimately make your life very different and peaceful, living without resentment and fear and pain weighing you down all the time. Ultimately, the goal here is to be able to live your own life and to do it pain-free and do it without your own mental resistance and make you more empathetic towards yourself and others to learn how to love yourself and see yourself as a thriver and a survivor and build a life that ultimately makes you happy and brings you joy and meaning. And absolutely, absolutely, I mean, see a therapist, see, see somebody you can confide in. I can't stress how much easier it will be to wade through that whole process with some professional help. My heart goes out to you, darling. Give you a big hug. The next question for today, and the last question for today, actually is from Thomas from Albany. Thomas's question is, he says, my boyfriend is the first person to make me orgasm in the bedroom. He is caring and he is gentle, but how can I get him to be like this outside the bedroom? Well, I am not a sex therapist. Just getting that out there. I have interviewed a guest, uh, a sex therapist twice on my podcast. Her name is Dr. Belle Bugatti. And you can look at those, listen to those Permission to Heal episodes. But she talks a lot about emotional things. Basically, a sex therapist doesn't have a biological conversation with her clients most of the time, you know, what goes what where. But it's really more about communication and safety and emotional freedom um, and what she calls relentless empathy so that we can move comfortably without shame and embarrassment and talk to our partners about our own pleasure and fulfillment and what feels good and and so on. So if you're saying that what goes on in the bedroom is great and that's working well, then kudos to the both of you. That's fabulous. I'm happy for you. But how do you transition that to the rest of your lives, to the rest of the 23 hours or so of each of your days that you have together? It's difficult to do if you're not openly communicating. And what it says to me is that if what's working in the bedroom is working so well, then you obviously can be vulnerable with each other. You can communicate with one another. So my advice is to just tell him what you want. 
Tell him what your expectations are and ask him what his expectations are and what he wants from the relationship and ask how you can each make it better for each other. You know, we don't have to have these conversations in any huge, fancy, overly dramatic or accusatory way. But what I tend to do when I'm having relationship issues or relationship conversations with my husband or anybody else I'm in any relationship with is to say things in terms of I messages because you want to personalize these things. For example, I wish that we were more affectionate outside the bedroom. I would like for some PDA, um, I would like more conversation. I would like us to laugh more. I would like to watch TV and cuddle on the couch together. I would like to cook together. I would like us to go out more. Our relationship is going so well, and I would like to see it get even better. You know, having some real open conversations and discussions about these things can go a very long way in creating a reality that matches your your expectations. He's not a mind reader. He might not know that you have these expectations or these desires. And the only way that he's going to know is if you tell him face to face. So so start by having some open discussions and conversations. The, then that, that could be the most vulnerable thing you can do and the most brave thing you can do and the most helpful and emotionally profitable thing that you can do. I hope that this helps. Remember, the only things that we can change in our lives are the things that we change ourselves. And the only person who is responsible for making any of these types of changes in our lives is ourselves. No one's going to do it for you. And if they tried, it probably wouldn't work because a lot of this change, most of this change has to come from the inside. So I I hope that these answers helped the three of you and everyone else who's listening. Thank you so much for writing in and just dis- dis- DMing me through Instagram at Marcy Brockman 27 and asking your questions. I really hope that this helped. And listeners, please DM me your questions through Instagram at Marcy Brockman 27. And I will answer your questions just as I answered these three on future bonus episodes of Ask Marcy Anything on the Permission to Heal podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you Give yourselves permission to have a wonderful life. Every one of us has an interesting and inspiring story to tell. Hello, I am Marcy Brockman, author, artist, English teacher, and podcaster. My memoir, Permission to Land, Searching for Love, Home, and Belonging, is my story of surviving mental illness and addiction to build a beautiful life for myself and my children. And check out the companion guided journal, Permission to Land, Personal Transformation Through Writing, Both are available wherever books are sold online, and signed copies are available at my website, marcybrockman.com. Taking my mission of sharing stories worldwide is my hit podcast, Permission to Heal. Each episode provides inspiration and connections as we learn to give ourselves permission to heal. New episodes drop every Wednesday. Find Permission to Heal everywhere you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. Find me, my books and podcast, and so much more at marcybrockman.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of Ask Me Anything, a new feature of the Permission to Heal podcast, where I will answer your questions and help you in any way I can along your own healing journey. To ask your question, DM me on Instagram at marcybrockman27. 
Be sure to like, subscribe, share, and leave us a five-star review, which helps keep Permission to Heal and Ask Me Anything on the air.